0: Dear Heavenly Father, once again, we come before you asking that you would make this time that we have set aside for the study of your word profitable. Lord, that we could learn things, that we could be challenged. And Lord, that we would go forth from this place, that this time would increase our ability to be used by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. and. Take your Bibles if you wouldn't. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. And uh, tonight what I'd like for us to do with the upcoming missions conference and other things on the schedule and then uh, we'll be in Thanksgiving time and then Christmas time is our... study and worship. This would be the sixth. And and really what I want to do tonight is just summarize what we've done the last uh, several weeks on on this subject and kind of try to give it just a little bit of of a practical application if we could. Uh, Again, we have talked about worship and Uh, The word worship, if you look up the definition, it it just simply means to kneel or to bow. Uh, When it says that uh, he worshipped him, it meant that they went in a worshipful position or kneeling, bowing. But let me ask you, is that all there is to worship? Is the position? Because if the kneeling position is uh what worship is really all about, then, Islam has this thing called worship all wrapped up now, don't they? Because uh, they're the most bowingest people I've ever, uh, I, I know of, religion. I mean, I, we were driving down the thruway, and it was actually snowing and stopped at a rest area years ago, and there was some guy on a mat beside his car, out in the parking lot, in the dark... Uh, uh, on his face, on his little mat, and he was kneeling. He was worshiping his God. Now, uh, I want you to understand that kneeling is part of your worship. If you're going to worship the God of the Bible, you're going to get on your knees. Uh, That is going to be part of it, whether you do so in prayer, whether you uh, do so just to... To do this, uh, to uh, uh, worship God when we get to heaven, let me tell you, there'll be no arthritis, uh, bursitis, phlebitis, uh, 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 ligaments, all of those things that we have uh, uh, on earth today. I mean, there are some people who literally cannot get on their knees because if they did, they'd never get off, uh, not without surgery, and uh, that's... It's not the position. But what we're talking about here is worship. And just like a summary, I said, and let's look at the verses here. Uh, First, let's go to verse 17. Uh, And and let's read verse 16 with it to set the context. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubt it. Skip back, if you would, in the same chapter to verse 9. This is resurrection Sunday morning. In verse 8... And they, the women that were at the sepulchre, minus Mary Magdalene, and they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' words. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him." Now. To hold someone's feet, to, to touch their feet, if they're standing up, means you're kneeling down, doesn't it? And, and this idea that G- the disciples worshipped him. But let, let's go over the the general pattern or the application. Worship follows a set pattern. That's what the Old Testament law was all about. Last time we went over this, we talked about the... The priesthood of the Old Testament versus the priesthood of the coming kingdom. Uh, all of the, the, the similarities are there. It is, it is a pattern that has been established. True worship follows a pattern. Uh, it's not. True worship is not freedom of expression. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. It is a conforming of expression. That's why we have many people today they are saying, well, you know, uh, you, you can't just do things the way they've always done them. You've got to come up with new ways. Well, if you're going to worship, you're going to follow the pattern. And by the way, God has the right to set the pattern in His Word. Can we say amen to that? Worship involves the humbling of the worshiper or the devotee. If you are going to worship something, you are going to lower yourself or humble yourself. Because what you're doing to worship, to follow that pattern is you are surrendering your will and your decision-making process to the object of worship. Are we still together here? This is the pattern. This is the summary of what real worship includes. You see, I'm going to follow the pattern, the pattern that is set by the object of worship. That is going to demand the humbling of me as a devotee to the object of who uh, of what i am worshiping and an exaltation of that object of worship we if you worship something honestly and truly what you are doing is you are telling other people the worth and the value and the goodness of the object you're worshiping, isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, this is not amazing. I mean, everybody. But if you, in a moment, I'm going to try to get you to think a little differently. So, true worship also demands a heartfelt, honest adoration. That's why I hate the use of the word awesome. That's awesome. Well, wait a minute. God is awesome. God alone is awesome. The word awesome means all. All, best definition is... And and when you are faced with who God is, isn't that what should happen? There are no words to express... How great God is. But God wants us to try. His word is full of the pattern that he wants us. And we would say that someone who participates in worship half-heartedly or insincerely is a hypocrite. Wouldn't we say that? And so, the last part is that if I'm truly going to worship, I'm going to follow the pattern, I'm going to humble myself, I'm going to object, uh, exalt the object that I'm worshiping, I, I'm going to be honest and sincere in my adoration of that object, and my worship is going to alter the way I live. It is going to change my behavioral patterns. Now, I want to get silly for a minute, if you would allow me to do that. But I hope we'll go somewhere with this. How about a young man and his first car? Sometimes young ladies. But usually a guy and his first car. So let's let's start. And let's see if worship applies to this thing. Does it follow a pattern? Well, yes. There are expectations that the state of New York has. You've got to have a driver's license before you own a car. Uh, you have to pass the test. You have to conform to those things. You have to go down. Usually, if you're going to get a new car, where do you go? The dealership. What does it take to satisfy the dealership? Good credit. Or mom and dad signing for you. One of the two. Uh, But many times, and I've known young friends, and I was caught up in this to a certain degree. uh, You've got to come up with capital. You've got to have money and, and lots of it. Especially if you want bright red and metallic and, and, and uh, and, uh, nice sounding. Oh boy, these new sports cars. Uh, is anybody old enough to know what a V8 really should sound like? Uh, I mean, there, there is just absolutely nothing. These little, uh, putt putt cars. That's, that's what they sound like to me. It's, it's a motorcycle. Uh, it, a real car should be, buh, 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 buh. you know, I mean, that's that, it, it ought to have that nice growl to it. And, and and if it's really good, it'll cough just a little bit <laughs> as they're pulling up to the stoplight. And, and that means the fuel mixture is really rich and there's a lot of air in there. And when they step down on the pedal, uh, that's what, how many of you know what the word STOP stands for? Well, they have those red signs there. It's squeal tires on pavement. Uh, If you have the right kind of car, that's what's going to happen, right? But if you're going to get one of those, you've got to conform to the set pattern, do you not? You've got to have... Enough money, you've got to have your down payment, you've got to pay the taxes, you've got to uh, qualify for all of the things. You've got to fulfill the expectations of the state of New York and the dealership in order to get your name on the title and be able to drive that car off the lot. That means insurance, tags, uh, all these other fees that are involved. Um, does that include, does that demand a humbling of the person buying the car? Well, yeah. you got to pay all that cash out. you got to work all that overtime to get it. You've got to, uh, I've watched people go without food so that they can save money to buy that car. Humbling. Uh, qualifies for worship, doesn't it? Are you still with me here? Uh, let's see if we can get the other ones. Have you ever seen someone exalt an automobile? Good night. Oh, wax on. Oh, wax off. Ah, I mean, we're. Stupid old movie. Uh, I don't think I've ever even seen it, but somebody told me that. and It always gets people laughing. So. But. You, I mean, people exalt that, uh, that, that car. I've seen people who couldn't afford to pay rent, but they had that car and they slept in the car. Uh, I mean, crazy things people will do. But it involves an exaltation of that object. And if you have ever seen someone in this state, there is a true... Sincere and heartfelt adoration for that car. If you want to check it out, just scratch it. And then we'll get to the last step, which is a changed behavioral pattern because they will lose it. I mean, they'll go, scratch my car! You know. If you are of that mindset... Don't ever own a new car in New York City. It's just not worth the stress. But worship. The World Series is going on tonight. And honestly, I could care less. You know why? Not because the Yankees lost. Because I'm not a fan. I'm not really a fan. I don't follow the set pattern. But is there a set pattern if you're going to be a fan? First thing you need to do is get one of those $50 ball caps with your name on the back for another 15 bucks or whatever it is. Uh, and uh, you got to pick a team. And you gotta follow that team. you've gotta learn everything about the sport. I've met people uh my youngest brother who could tell me every team, every major player on every team in the in the major league baseball uh, and most of their stats because he had all the cards and he had it all memorized it was it it, it was the humbling of yourself so that you could exalt the sport that you worship. And if you've ever met someone who was a real, true fan of a team, I remember one guy told me, he says, you know why there's a hole in the middle of the Dallas Cowboy Football Stadium? I said, because somebody didn't build it right? He said, no. He said, so God can watch his team play. And I'm sitting there going, give me a break. This was a preacher. And I'm saying, God doesn't need a hole in the top of the stadium to see the stupid team play. And I was really in a Mood that day, I said. And, and uh, he's not objecting to the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders either, huh? And walked off. Let me tell you something. People will have an honest, heartfelt attachment to sports. And guess what? You see, Mr., well, the, the, this goes back to the 50s, Milbert Milk Toast. How many of you know what Milk Toast is? That's a piece of toast that you put on a plate and pour milk on it until it's all soggy and then you eat it. <coughs> Barf. Uh, but uh, th- that's what they would call people who had no personality. How many of you know a Milbert Milk Toast until the game comes on? Or until they walk through the stadium and all of a sudden, "Ah!" you know, and they're sitting there screaming at the top of their lungs and their horse for three days. Have I illustrated my point about worship here? Now we could really get nuts and talk about communism, political ideologies. Do people follow the pattern of worship We still have people that won't believe that she lost the last election. That is a standard of devotion that is rightfully classified worship. And if that's where you are, you need to get that fixed. You study the history of communism in pre-World War II Europe. And you'll find out that those young communist agitators fulfilled every one of these standards of worship. Even to murder, mayhem, and anarchy. See, worship is not for the light of heart. True worship To the true God of the Bible. Seems to be about the dullest thing that's going on in the world today. And it shouldn't be. I've had people come in and criticize the hymns. First thing when you hear worship today. If you're talking to somebody who quote unquote Christian. The first question you're going to ask. What kind of music you have? Do do you understand that the pattern for true biblical worship doesn't come from music? Uh, that music ought to conform to the biblical pattern of worship. That That the first thing when we talk about worship ought to be in your mind. This book right here. Because that's where the pattern is. That's where God has established what He will accept and what He will not accept as worship. It's got to be the pattern. If we're going to worship the God of the Bible, then we're going to have to spend some time in this book. Remember, we had a visiting preacher here a long time ago. Hopefully, none of you will remember who I'm saying. from, But he was trying to Teach me something, that love is more important than doctrine. And I will tell you, I refuse to learn that lesson because doctrine determines love, not the other way around, my friend. God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. God is love. And, And if you're going to love someone, you're going to share God with them. But it's not the God that makes you feel good. It's got to be the God that gave us this book. There is a standard. There is always an object when worship is involved, whether it's car, sports team, your political ideology, the, the state, the government, your, your personal power, whatever it is that you choose to worship. How many times in the Bible did the nation of Israel go before God and go on record in this book called the Bible says, we will worship God and we're gonna serve Him. How about the end of the book of Joshua? Remember that? Joshua, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And he told Israel, you cannot serve the Lord because you'll turn your back on him and he will judge you and said, no, no, we're going to worship. And then you go into the book of Judges. Wow. That's really terrible stuff. You see... If you're going to worship God, first of all, you're going to have to conform to the pattern. Do you know why we're in church tonight? Because we're conforming to the pattern. Now, is there a verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt meet on Thursday night? No, actually there isn't. Or Wednesday night, or Sunday morning, or... You know what? It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And that is our church schedule. Somebody said, why can't we have church every night? We don't have people attending the services that we do have. So let's start there. And if we get to the point where everybody is in every service, maybe we'll have to add a few. Uh, But I don't think... We'll worry about that. We'll, we'll just keep moving forward here. We're going to take the pattern. The pattern is the local church. You start in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said, I will build my church. And you go to Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, where John says, I heard a voice as it were a trumpet saying, Come up hither. You take those parameters, those, those uh, markers in your Bible, everything in between is by, through, for, and about a local church. You know why there's no verse that says, Thou shalt be a member of a local church? Because if you can't figure that out on your own, there's an awful lot you don't have. It's almost purposeful. That you wouldn't get. First Corinthians, the church at Corinth; Second Corinthians, Romans, the church at Romans; Acts of the Apostles, about the history of all those individual local churches; the letters to Timothy and Titus on how to be pastors in a church; uh, the letter to Philemon as he was the pastor of a church. All of these things are about a local church. That's that's the pattern. How about preaching? Is preaching a biblical parameter? Is it part of the pattern? Jesus preached, didn't He? John the Baptist preached. The first Corinthians chapter 1 says, through the foolishness of preaching. In Second Timothy chapter 4, as Paul says, I've finished my course. I'm laying down my life. I'm not going to be alive by the time you get this letter. What's he tell Timothy in the last chapter? Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke with all long suffering. That's part of the biblical pattern, amen. And I want to tell you, as the one who gets to do most of the preaching around here, I never, by God's grace, I will never, but I I never forget that people have to listen to me preach. And that is an amazing thing to me. Because, does preaching make sense? Well, in some senses it does, but Jesus told Paul, the Holy Spirit told him, it was the foolishness of preaching. And the world really thinks that what we're doing here tonight is foolish. Foolish. Uh, I can't tell you how many people have... Oh, you have Bible study on Thursday night? Can I come? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, I have so much to share. I said, we don't do it that way. Uh, you, you don't? No, I'm not trying to be rude, but we don't sit in a circle and pull our ignorance. That's what happens most of the time. What, what we're trying to do is teach. And give an understanding of what's in this book. And and it takes systematic study and time and effort put into it. And, And there ought to be preaching involved because that's what the Bible says. And that was the pattern of the apostles. They were preachers. And the preacher has to humble himself to spend time in the Bible and come up with something to preach that's not his own thought processes and actually his Bible. Amen? The listeners have to humble themselves to put up with the preacher. And we work together because it is part of this thing called worship. And one of the things that we try to do, I try to do in every sermon, is lift up the truth of this book, establish the pattern that God has set, and Exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father who sent Him. Amen? We pray regularly that the Holy Spirit will take the time of preaching. If you want to know who the true worship leader in the church is, it's not the music, it's the preacher. Because we're trying to use God's Word to direct you to a real and honest heartfelt adoration for the object of our worship which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we say amen about that? See, that's that's worship. How about music? We have received, I have received much criticism about our music over the years It doesn't speak to me. Well, that's because you don't want to listen. How many of you read some of those words that we sang tonight? I can't tell you, no matter how frustrated I am with life and how heavy the burdens of this life are weighing on me at the moment, I start hearing that. What a friend we have in Jesus All of a sudden, it's not so bad anymore. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. You see, we don't want music that's borrowed from the world. That's why we use hymns. And spiritual songs. And here's a question that I have for you. Something I need you to really think about and pray about. Now, Andrew's up here most of the time. I am so glad if I had to lead the singing. And and I did years ago. And that's one of the reasons why my voice is the way it is today. Singing and then preach And then, wow, there's nothing left. Hi, how are you? And, And, uh... Uh, we're working, but are you? You know what? You have to follow the pattern if you're going to sing. It helps if you're in the same key. And, and those little notes on there, they, they actually mean something. And, and you don't have to read music to understand what they mean. If you'll listen to the instruments playing... And then, look at the direction the notes are going. If they go up, let your voice go up. And I promise you, unless you have hearing problems, you will automatically go to the notes where you're supposed to because there's there's just something in your mind that God put there. If you have proper hearing and, and, and can connect, you'll sing with other people. Now, some people... There's just a disconnect there. Everything is, what a friend we have. It all sounds the same to them. I'll tell you, God's going to fix that when you get to heaven. But don't let that be an excuse for not making noise. Now, that is the most wonderful thing about congregational singing. How many of you remember my oldest son, Peter, when he used to be here? He used to, like, sit right down here in the front row... And Peter just had this wonderful ability to be milliseconds off the beat, always. And so it's it's like a really bad echo in a big room, only it was coming from right here. And, And there were several times that we would go to it and say, Now, son, I know you're singing to the Lord. But it's not following the pattern. It's not, it's not with everyone else. Now, you just need to slow down and, and let the hearing go first before you open your mouth, and things will work better that way. And, uh, you see, music is so important. What does the Bible say? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you want to show me what's in your soul, show me your fla- favorite playlist on, the, on your phone, or your MP3 player, or your stereo, or your computer. Whatever you really like to listen to, wherever you, you finally go, that, music is a reflection that's in your soul. We had a young lady who said, listen, I love being in this church. I just want you to know, Pastor, when I open my soul to the Lord Jesus, heavy metal music comes out. I said, no, it doesn't work that way. I said, you're so full of the world. You've got to get full of Jesus. Well, it didn't work out. You see, let's go back. you got to follow the pattern. There's got to be a humbling of yourself. Otherwise, you're never going to follow the pattern. There's got to be an exaltation of the object. That means the object of my worship has the right of determination of what is good. God sets that pattern. Amen? It's going to be heartfelt and real. You can't worship God. Okay. Let's try. That's not the God of the Bible. You don't know who you're talking to. And it needs to change your behavior. That's why the verse in the Bible, I'll tell you what, you'll never hear Joel Osteen preach on it. Wherefore come ye out from among them and what? Be ye separate! You know what? God doesn't want us imitating what's out there. He wants us imitating what's in here. Because that's the pattern. That demands me to change the way I live and the way I think and the things I love. You see, true worship involves kneeling. Philippians chapter 2, every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus. Amen. And in Romans chapter 14. And please understand me. Read the context of Romans chapter 14. It's talking about judging other people. We're not here just condemning what goes on in other churches. That's not the purpose of the message tonight. The purpose of the message tonight is if we're going to worship in this church, we're going to follow the pattern that is set in the Word of God. And if that upsets some other people out there, that is non-topical. Because what we do in this church between us and God is what we're concerned about. Amen? See, worship includes music, preaching, kneeling, It doesn't hurt to come up here. And by the way, these steps up here, they're not sacred. It's part of the altar. Use them. Fill the front. If your knees are sore and you can't get down all the way, you can get here on the edge and use the second step. Amen? Uh, Don't be afraid to do that. Kneeling is part of our worship. It's a humbling of ourselves. How about praying? Is there a set pattern of prayer? Yeah, there is. It's in the Bible. People call it the Lord's Prayer, and they think they're praying because they repeat it. No, it's the directions. Live the directions. Your prayer should be directed to God the Father in Jesus' name, under the influence and at the direction of the Holy Spirit of God. And how can I know whether I'm at His direction? Whether it's written down. That's how you know. The Holy Spirit will only teach you and give you what is written down. He is limited by the Word of God. Not freedom of expression, but a conformity of expression. Not my numb robots, but a willing surrender of my will to God's. That's worship. Tell you what, I'm glad this church prays. And I and I hope you understand the reason I'm giving you the union updates repeatedly is because if it were not for the prayers of people sitting in these pews, we would have lost this building a long time ago. Prayer is part of our worship. We're this close. Pray harder than you ever have. Because the devil's going to be working harder because it's getting desperate. He's going to lose this battle by God's grace. We're going to reclaim that property and use it for the Lord. Amen? How about witnessing? Do people witness about their favorite sports team? Why it's better than your favorite sports team? Why their computer, or their political ideology, or their car, or their suit, or their what perfume, or whatever. How much do you think of Jesus? What has He done in your life that is so good that you could shut up somebody who doesn't like Him? That's not the only purpose in witnessing. The purpose in witnessing is to get people to come to Jesus. Amen. But there's been some times where people have got somewhat confrontational and, and I hey what has your God done for you? Let, let me start giving you a list of things my God's done for me. You want to put your God, compare him to my God. My God's bigger than your God. My God parted the Red Sea. He spoke and everything that now is out of nothing became. Amen? He died on the cross for me. He paid the price for my sins. He gave us a church here in Astoria. He's done miracle after miracle after miracle so we could be here. Hey, let me tell you something. We need to tell the world how good God is. It's it's part of our worship. It exalts him. You mean you actually go to church every time doors are open? Absolutely. Why? Cuz it follows the pattern. It humbles me. It lifts up God. It changes the way I live. Amen. How about giving? we spent Sunday night on giving, so we're not going to take only a few seconds here. Our our giving is a reflection of our worship to God. Does it humble yourself? Let me tell you everything else. Have you seen the price of Yankees tickets since they built the new stadium? Somebody got me, I think it was Jason, got me two tickets to the Orioles game years ago. Several several years ago, and my wife and I went, and and it was it was really great. The Orioles beat the Yankees. It was just excellent. I'm from Baltimore, and, and, and so we had so much fun. But I looked down at the ticket and was like, no, three three hundred and fifty some bucks for one seat. If that's not worship, I don't know what is. Hello? Listen, our music, our singing, the way we hold the hymn book, reading those words, singing them to God. Worship. Following the set pattern, being in church, telling other people, preaching, praying. Forgetting about everyone else. That's one of the reasons why when we pray, we close our eyes and we get down on our knees. It makes you stop thinking about everybody and everything else and start concentrating only on God. Worship. Worship. It's something that we need to improve on. It's not just one of these things. And by the way, it's not all of these things. Real worship happens in the heart first. And then brings these things about. In honor and praise and glory to the God of this book called the Bible. Every one of us need to work on our worship. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You allow us to think and understand about these things. That it's not just some rote ritual that we go through. Lord, how many empty rituals and traditions are in this world in which we live. Lord, I pray that we would think about these things that we've been here on these Thursday nights talking about over these last six lessons on worship. And Lord, that we would honor and glorify you in everything that we do. We'll just have the piano play. If you need to come and...